Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Waiteka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Hello, everybody. On this fifth Monday of June, I am so pumped up about this show today and, frankly, this entire month. As I look back at my podcast for the month of June, and it wasn't deliberate, and, it, and, it's, and it's in no, no intention to discredit anyone, but I have had five incredible women that are all founders of their own business or nonprofit or company, and today's show is no exception. My guest today is Mel Caspin Bloom. Welcome to the show, Mel. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it is my pleasure. And let me just tell everyone that's listening, just to give you a taste of what you can expect. Mel has incredible talent. She has the artist storytelling, which she has really captured in this ebook. This means that you can look at it. You can see it right now. It's called Screens, Beans, and Quarantines. Yes, I know it rhymes. And it is downloadable on her website. And I want to make sure that you know how to find her website. So I'm going to tell you that right now while you're listening. Because perhaps you'll want to pop over there because I'm there right now myself looking at her website. Her website is once, O-N-N-C-O-N-C-E, O-N-C-E, just like the word, once upon a bloom, B-L-U-M-E. E.com because that is how Mel spells her last name. And she's written this book and it's 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 going to be part of what we're talking about today because she also is the founder of her own company. But before we get to that part, I think it would be really terrific Mel if you could just tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, what's your background, where you're from, just just so we get to know you a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was born in East Brunswick, New Jersey. I am the youngest of three girls, and I lived on the East Coast until I was 23. Um, I graduated from Rutgers University in New Jersey. I moved to Manhattan, and then I came out to Los Angeles in um, 2006. And I've been here ever since, and um, I'm currently married, and I, my husband and I actually grew up together, but re-met uh, later in life, and mm. we've been together now for like 15 years, and um, we have two kids. I have a three-year-old son and a six-year-old daughter. That's so cool. I'm always interested because I've lived in my community my, with the exception of a short period of time, my entire life. So what brought you in 2006 to L.A.? Why, why did you leave the East Coast? 
I just felt that if I didn't, it was something I've always wanted to do. I always wanted to come to California. I don't even know why, because I didn't even know it. <laughs> but weather. I just had this, yeah, I just <laughs> had this massive attraction to L.A. since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I uh, got to a point where I was like, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. So I decided... Um, when uh, my when my grandmother died, actually, which was the, mm-hmm. kind of a, a very strong reason I was staying in um, New Jersey and New York, um, I was like, okay, I think this is my time. And then I was setting it up to move. Um, it was January. I was setting to move in October. And there were a ton of signs from the universe that were encouraging me to actually take the leap. And then during that time, I bumped into my my husband, um, and uh, my girlfriends were like, oh, he lives in L.A. I was like, oh, I'm moving there in October. And then we just started <laughs> talking, and that was it. So there were Aww. just a lot of things pushing me to do it, and um, so it happened. That's so. That is a. That's a great story. I I like that. And you. I, I mean, you know, it's really funny when I talk about sort of my tagline, which is conversations plus connections equals community. I follow that up with, "What's your story? What's your story?" You know, depending upon how you want to emphasize that word. But for me, the stories of our lives are vital. Not everybody wants to hear them. Not everybody wants to write them. Not everybody wants to capture them. But, my God, we are all so stuck at home right now. What a time to be thinking about those things other than just cleaning out your closets. You know, that gets tiring (laughs) after a while. And, you know, we've been faced now. Who would have ever thought? I, I say this frequently because it's just such a part of my thought process. As I was approaching the end of 2019, and I'm looking at, January 2020, and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, there was a TV show called 2020. That's true. But 2020 immediately conjured up vision, like, oh, what's instead of having resolutions, let's just have excellent vision for 2020. Who would have thunk it, right? Who could have ever imagined here we are approaching the 4th of July that we would be where we are today And we all, depending where we are, I don't have young children in my home. You do. And what do you do about this when the TV might be on or might not be on, but they want to know why they're not going to school? What's what's happening, Mom? So I believe that might have been the impetus for your book. And so with with COVID-19 on everybody's mind, What did inspire you to write Screens, Beans, and Quarantines? Yeah, that that, you you pretty much nailed it. Mm -hmm. Um, It it actually started to come up in my head on March 13th, which was the day that schools were closing in LAUSD, and I was volunteering at my daughter's school in the library, and I happened to be in there right when her principal came in to tell her kindergarten class that schools were closing for two weeks. And I was very curious how this was going to happen, how they were going to communicate it, so I'm, I'm so grateful to be there. And her principal was being as positive as she could, and she just said, you know, we're having an early spring break. School's going to be closing today. You're going to be at home with your parents or your caretakers, and 
Um, and this was even before we knew what online learning was. You know, this was like mm-hmm. the first day. And all of their faces, they happened to be facing me, just how the library was set up. And it was like, oh, my God, like these faces are all like so confused, looking at each other, like not, it was so shocking. And I was just like, wow, to be to be five right now and hearing that and wondering why and this came up suddenly and all of a sudden you have two weeks worth of, of schoolwork to take home and you're going to be learning from your parents or caretakers. And so that was day one. And then I was very positive about it. I was taking the whole spring break thing, and I was like, look how exciting this is. We get extra time together. Um, and then, but because of the massive life change, like, gloves and masks and you can't hug anyone or see anyone and you're in the house and I was like okay how how do we go about doing this so I was talking about it as much as I could but then I realized like to really get them to understand I feel like the best way to to create a story about it so I had a million drafts of different stories and then finally um, this one came to me and so I created it and after I shared it with them, it was such a positive experience with them and they were so open to it and they wanted to go back to different parts and they wanted to talk about it and then I found that they can actually like communicate it to other people and my three-year-old was, you know, telling our friend who was on the sidewalk when we were on the porch one day, he's like, well, we can't go near you because of the virus. And, you know, so I was like, okay, they're actually, like, kind of getting it through the story. So I shared it with um, both of their schools and got great feedback from it. And then um, it started circulating on social media. So I found that um, kids were starting to, like, benefit from it, and it was helping parents open up a very difficult conversation. Mm-hmm. I, you know, this is live radio, and I don't know if you were aware of this or not, but I accidentally dropped my phone, which disconnected our call. I'm so glad I'm not new to this process because, honestly, anything can happen in live radio. I presume you kept talking, and I presume that this will all be picked up on our our live feed. And, my gosh, Mel, I need to take a deep breath and say thank you because I don't even know if you were aware of that's what happened. So I I apologize profusely for what just happened, and I know you oh, were explaining. Okay. You know, thank you. Thank you for your kindness and understanding that that certainly was an uh-oh that wasn't expected to happen. And I, I hope that those of you listening um, were able to continue to hear Mel's explanation for how this got started, and I won't ask you to repeat that. But I do think that what you've done is really brilliant. Um, it, it really is so beautifully done. It's it's so clever. And I, I'm really curious about this. So it's a, it's a really clever name, and I and I like the drawing as well. How did you come up with the title of Screens, Beans, and Quarantines? Actually, the the title started the story. Um, actually, it was like the third or fourth story I was on, and I was putting my son to bed one night, and it just like hit me that um, it should be a rhyme. And then all of a sudden, like, so the screens is because suddenly life was behind computer screens um, with Zooming and FaceTimes. And then beans, um, stocking up on canned food, like beans, <laughs> which we have a ton of. 
Mm -hmm. um, and obviously quarantines. So it actually started with the title. It just came to me one night, and then that's when I started to develop um, the rhyming story. It's so clever. It's it's just so clever. And well, and and I just like I said, I I want to just remind people that you generously by by logging on to Mel's website, you can literally open this up yourself. Um, it's very generous of her, and uh, it it's 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 just terrific. And what what would you say are the ages that are benefiting most by your stories? I'd say probably like four to six or seven i'd say that okay yeah from what okay you know it was interesting though and i would i would offer this also is it's because i have asked you you know what ages are benefiting um by your stories but i would also like to add it is benefiting also the storyteller the person reading the story whether it's that teacher on Zoom, because I know it's going everywhere, that parent at home, that grandparent that wishes she could maybe or he could hug those grandchildren, but they don't live near each other, or maybe they do. And yet because of this quarantine time we're finding ourselves living in, I can see why your audience might be that four- to seven-year-old, but I also think that that adult who is reading or that babysitter or that older sibling that's reading it to the younger sibling can also really receive the benefit of what it is you've written. I I do think that it's far, far reaching as well. I do. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you're, you. You're welcome. So um, you mentioned, you know, that you're a mom of a three-year-old son had kind of a tough week last week you and I were talking about that he had some splinters that weren't weren't (laughs) exactly ordered um and you have your six-year-old daughter so how are they how are they getting along during this time we have our moments absolutely Mm -hmm. but um I'd say overall they are amazing and I am so grateful for just their bubbly personalities and I mean they can get excited over anything um Mm. so we just try to keep a routine and then we throw some like cool things in like Thursday's baking day in the afternoon Wednesday we have science projects you know so there's always like Tuesday we have like you know crazy art projects so I try to keep a schedule but keep it um like creative in the afternoon. We always have like outdoor time. So and and luckily the two of them have amazing imaginations. So we oh. can turn like a day into like going to Mars or something. So it's 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 really great. That that's that's great. And you know I I I like that. I like I like the creativity and clearly what a what um, the attention span of a six-year-old isn't going to be the same exact um, attention span of a three-year-old, so obviously you need to be accommodating. But the fact that you are so capable of being so um, inspiring and imaginative that just by virtue of who you are, you know, your kids are getting that just because. And, um, you know, I know that you're married, and... Um, 
What has it been like for you and your husband during this time? Are you both working from home? How is that working for you guys? Yeah, so um, my husband's in the financial industry. He does life insurance and financial planning. So he actually um, is considered an essential worker. So his Mm -hmm. office has never closed. Um, And he was the only one who was able to go in. So he's been going in the entire time. Um, so he's at work every day and I'm with the kids and, um, it, I mean, it kind of just works. Yes. I I mean, but there goes your play dates, right? I mean, we (laughs) talk about really, um, having to adapt if there was, you know, I'm a big word person and words mean different things to different people. I, I have come to really recognize that just as a society, just as humans, we are processing words in the way that we understand our own um, meaning of those words. I think about the word uncertainty. You know, we know that we are living in uncertain times. We we would all love nothing better to be told, okay, so here's the deal about this vision you had for 2020. January 1st, we're at 2021 whole new ball game if we all knew that suddenly life was going to be similar maybe not the same but similar to what we've been accustomed to we're going to be able to travel going to be able to get together with your friends we could probably all go all right all right i'm just going to take a deep breath you know it'll get here but we don't have that we are absolutely in uncertain times and as adults with children, I I just I marvel at how adults, parents, working, doing Zoom. Who Zoom? That was something you do with a camera. Who knew that Zoom was going to be the way that you stay in communication with people? And for myself personally, I I, I am I am into the Zoom. I I truly am. I'm not just in, the, in my camera Zoom. My Rotary Club does Zoom. I do Zoom with my family. And it's the next best thing to being there, frankly. I, I don't have my son and his wife um, live in um, Tucson. And it's their anniversary on Wednesday. And his birthday is in the end of July. We're not going to be able to get together. And it's it's just, it's disappointing and, and it's difficult. But you, you're finding that you're having these people, these, these teachers reading your book all across the country. How did you make that happen? Uh, Mostly all of it was social media. Um, I shared it. I started sharing it, and um, it just kind of got everywhere really quickly. Um, So, yeah, I, I really didn't have anything to do with it. It was all people sharing with other people, and then it got into a lot of teachers' hands, and um, well, I guess the two, two actually. So a few schools in LA um, because of my kids' schools and then friends' schools. That's how that happened, and then the rest mm-hmm. was social media. Wow! So, yeah, it did was you amazing? It is. It is incredibly amazing. Did you? Did you personally do the illustrations as well? 
No. So there okay. is an amazing um, website called Canva, and you be, when you become a member, there's a monthly membership, and you have access to a ton of um, graphic design work that you can use. Um, and then so they have, so you can choose colors, and then you can choose graphics and size them and choose which ones. And um, there's a search bar, so you can search whatever you're looking for. Um, it's it's amazing. So this is just made through a graphic design website. And, and t- spell that for me, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, sure. C-A-N-V-A. Well, that's great. For all of you uh, aspiring writers, I would invite you, as I am right now, looking at your page. And and I love how it starts off when you say, what is this thing, this COVID-19? <laughs> and what in the world is a quarantine? And it's just, it's just so great. I mean... I feel like I want to just read it to our listeners, but I think it would be really kind of cool if you wouldn't mind just reading parts of this to us because maybe I could ask you some questions about what do you say to your child when we start talking about this. Would you be interested in just reading a part of this book to us? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Take take, Take your pick. Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe the first, like, four pages, it kind of, like, lead into it. Sure. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, let's go to the top. Okay, what is this thing, this COVID-19, and what in the world is a quarantine? What do all of these words even mean, and why do we have so many canned beans? (laughs) It's a virus people have worldwide, I hear, in faraway cities and also close to here. It's brought lots of changes and sometimes some fear, so school is closed for the rest of the year. Friends, are you going to read one more? Go, please, because you read it beautifully, so go right ahead. (laughs) Friends stand apart, wear masks and more. We barely even step out of the front door. So many questions, I just want to roar. I'm sure that I have at least 44. That's the first so, four pages. It is, and you know, um, you know, I I love this book. Okay, I I I love this book, and frankly, we we have a full hour together, and I'd like to read the next couple of pages, if if, that, if that's okay with you. Of course, thank you. Okay, <laughs> my questions are like, how big is it? Will it travel sideways from somebody's? Bit? We know about what they're doing with baseball now. That's just a side thing. Does this weird virus live where I sit? I'm not sure. Not even a bit. Today is so weird because I turned nine. When I woke up, I thought I'd feel fine. But the day seems like others, so it's not mine. No colorful balloons. No even one sign. Well, you know, I'll stop there because... What has happened, and I'm on social media, trust me, as much as you are, maybe more, and what, what we are seeing, because, you know, my feeling is this. You can take any positive and turn it into a negative, if that's your choice. Or you can look at life through my prism and take something that may feel unfortunate and make it feel fortunate. And all you have to do 
is go to social media like so many of us do and see those photos of people getting their balloons for their birthday or the schools that are having drive-by, you know, uh, commencement. This must Mm -hmm. be just horrible for these high school seniors or these college graduates that have worked so hard. They've lost so much. But my husband, bless his soul, would say, as only an engineer could, it is what it is. It is what it is. We can't make it what it wasn't. It is what it is. Now, not everybody approaches it the same way. We don't even all stand on the same side of the COVID line the same way. We we are all aware of that. But what we are aware of is that we are all being affected by this. And um, I just think... I just think that what you've done with this book is just sensational, truly. And I, I so recommend that people listen to, check it out and read it to their children. I need to cough. Give me a minute. <coughs> right into that elbow. All right. So moving on, I also understand that this is not the only thing you do. And I might also, well, this will get into part of what we're going to be talking about next. Because I know that you are the former head of copy at Disney Consumer Products, where you created in-depth storytelling copy for products from Disney, Pixar, Lucasfilm, and Marvel. Holy cow, girl. So, what were, geez, um, what were your responsibilities in that former position? I was in charge of every quote-unquote guest-facing word from Disney Consumer Products. So it was an incredible experience, and I worked with some of the most talented writers on the planet. Um, So I had a team of five to seven writers, it depends on the season, and we would be in charge of everything on the Shop Disney website, which is, I mean, at the time I was there, it was around 10,000 items. I have no idea probably what it is two years later, Um, but it was everything on Shop Disney, everything in the Disney store, and then things that would... Um, that belong to Disney partners like Walmart, JCPenney, Best Buy, Walgreens, like anything that's sold a Disney product, we had a say in their creative. So um, it was it was it was very extensive. It was amazing, but yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> that's that's interesting because did you see yourself going in that direction when you finished at Rutgers? Did you see yourself doing that kind of work? Was that your background? Between- it's well I went to school for marketing um okay. but and I've always been a writer and I've always been a huge Disney fan so when I ended up there it was like the best day of my life <laughs> so that was yeah so to say I didn't it was probably a huge dream for sure when I graduated isn't that fascinating so your degree is in marketing so that just came natural and you know I I tell people that have college bound kids because my kids are are into the way into their forties, that you don't always know when you go to college precisely where your career will take you. Going to college serves more than just one purpose, 
and you know, with uh, my son happened and my daughter-in-law both happened to work uh, for the University of Arizona, and college just isn't the same today as it was when you went to college, and everybody is making adaptations to how they're going to go through um, through college. But it's really interesting when you start to understand where your skill set lies, or maybe even somebody that sees some skills in you that you didn't even maybe realize you had, and then it just kind of grows from there, doesn't it? It's it's very interesting how that how that can happen and you start in one spot and when you were when you were in high school, did you did you write for your school newspaper and did you do writing kinds of things and and that stuff when you were before you even went to college? I really didn't. It was more personal writing. I've been and then I always um, wrote, like papers and stuff. I was always close to my to my English teachers. Um, in second grade, my second grade teacher wrote on something that my mom actually found recently that said, "I believe you're going to be a writer when you grow up." Um, so it's Whoa. always been in me, yeah, which was crazy when my mom found that. Um, hmm. But yeah, I'd say there were definitely times later on that, um, like copywriting, I had no idea even what that was. And um, somebody who was reading one of my blogs when I first started off, she was the one who was like, I feel like because you write about fashion, you can write about fashion for our company. Um, and that's that's kind of how it went into copywriting. Isn't that something? And because, unfortunately, I did drop my phone, you may have already said it, but could you just re- restate this for me so that I, I have a memory that isn't like a sieve? Um, how would you define the term copywriting for those of us that really don't know what that means? Yeah. Um, so copywriting and marketing is any time you want to put something out in the public, um, somebody has to write the words that explain it or promote it, Um it's it's like it or obviously it's all part of the advertising of it, but that that's called copy, like the words that are announcing what it is, why you should buy it, um, anything like that is considered I copy. See. Mm-hmm. I see that 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 that, and as you say that, that makes complete sense to me. So that that that's really useful and helpful for me to hear that. Uh, as I look at your as I look at your website. Um, You've had quite an interesting career. So, you were you were doing this work for quite some time, but then you made a change in your career, correct? And you and you decided to do something else. So, what happened next in your career? Yeah. So I was at Disney for five and a half years, and then when I had my second child, um, the commute was. I was in the car for hours a day. Um, so and I really didn't get to see the kids uh, except for on the weekends. So I decided to um, try it out on my own. So I created my own company uh, last uh, two Aprils ago, called Once Upon a Bloom. And I started taking on my own clients, and um, it's it's been awesome. It's been really amazing. Oh, that's great. So when you were doing this five and a half years ago, you were already out in L.A. at that point, correct? Yes. Okay. So where were you, where did where were you driving? Where did where did you physically go to to do the copywriting and marketing? Was there was there a, a Disney 
building, an office? Well, yeah, how, how yeah. That so, sure. So um, there's one office in Pasadena that I was mm-hmm. at for years, and then we moved over to Glendale. There's a really large campus for Disney consumer product there. Got it. Got it. So, and you live on the west side, so yes, that must have been a huge commute. I can just imagine. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So now, now you are a company. You are a founder. I love that term. And I think that your website is so awesome and talks about the services that you offer because I think that that's really great because, you know, there there are people that are listening that may be in a place in their life for whatever reason where they may be really reinventing themselves. I know that happened to me. I was just a happy-go-lucky married lady going on about my life when my husband died instantly 11 years ago, and it was like, whoa. You know, it was awful, as you might imagine, and I was like, well, now what? And, I mean, I I had a life. It wasn't that I was just a missus and I didn't have me. I was I was me as well. But I never anticipated doing um, a, a radio show, which was in a studio for three years and over two years as a podcaster. And so we don't know who might be listening right now that might be just ready for a change. And I think that you could be that answer. So let's talk about what it is that you do. And, and, and I, you really do some, some wonderful, wonderful things. So let's talk about, um, we, you talked a little bit about marketing um, and product um, copy and, and things like that. But what, can you expand on that? Can you tell us a little bit yeah. more about what it is that you, that you offer in this new company, Once Upon a Bloom? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, So a lot of companies come to me, um, all different stages and sizes, and they are, a lot of people ask me about uh, redoing their writing on their website or in their marketing materials or on their social media or on their blog, and how I always begin with every client is with a deep dive, and that is like an hour interview. I have about 35 questions, which I go through with the founder or somebody who was originally with the company because I really want to understand like the core of it, like what is the passion behind the company. And then once I take that information from there, then I typically build out a brand voice for them. Sometimes I take what they have and uh, leap off of it a little bit or expand it or take it in a slightly new direction. Other times they don't have a brand voice, so I create something completely original for them. And that's when we really learn about who their brand is and how they speak to their audience. And um, I create what I call a brand voice Bible. It's about 30 pages, and it's for any team member that's part of the company to really understand who the brand is and to make sure that they stick to that when they're speaking on social media, when they're sending out emails, when they're writing website copy, anything like that. So everyone is in line um, with the core passion behind the company. So that's, that's always how I start. And then from there, 
um, if I have the time, if it works out with everybody, then I can take on their actual copywriting where I'll rewrite their website in this voice, I'll redo their social media, I'll do blog posts, and then um, that's, yeah, that's like typically um, the cycle that we do. That, that's that's interesting. Um, as I as I as I move down your your page, <clears throat> and you've talked about social media and blogging, which obviously is important in my business. Now, granted, I don't have a, I don't have a team of people personally, but we're not speaking about Marsha in in particular. Um, there are a lot of, there are lots of bloggers out there that might have you know a, a for a, a full team, but then there are a lot of people out there that may have their own business whatever that business might be and they're looking to expand and i can see where just like yours did you know where social media just took and ran with it and i think that's really terrific and i know that there's a lot of information out there that people can benefit by if they're willing to take the time and read and educate and things like that i don't fall into that category but there are people that do um, I know a hashtag. I, I just, I just, I just really want to talk to you about hashtags because while most people know what hashtags are, which is that pound sign, we don't all know the value and the and how to use hashtags effectively. Do you have some rule of thumbs or tips for hashtags? Well, there are two different ways to look at it. So okay. if you're if you want to join a movement or a trending hashtag, that's always really big, right? So if you're writing and if you are um let's say you're a mom blogger and you want to grab the attention of people who are reading mom blogs, you'd really wanna like let's say you're on Instagram, you really wanna dive into the super popular hashtags that have millions of followers. So you do mom, hashtag mom, hashtag mom life, hashtag mom blogger. I'm, I'm in California, so uh, California mom blogger, LA mom. You know, you do like the ones that you know people follow, people look at. But then it's always great if you're creating your brand or expanding on your brand, you really want to get brand recognition to, to come up with a hashtag that is so uniquely awesome and uniquely you. And when that happens, it's so awesome. Like at Disney, whenever we have, like, really big campaigns, like the hashtag brainstorm was always huge <laughs> because we know that, yeah, that's what's going to be spread all over every Disney website and Disney stores, like, anytime you see it. So thinking of a hashtag, an original hashtag, is there's always, like, a lot of work that goes into that because it has to encompass everything you want people to know in a very short, you know, yes. however many characters you want to do tag. So, yeah, there, so there's definitely two ways, I'd say, to look at that. So let, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just making this my 30-minute free consultation here. So <laughs> thank you. Well, everybody, you just follow along with, with me here. So when I started my brand, uh, and it's, it's very long, Born to Talk radio show, and then when I started my Instagram, it switched to Born to Talk, hashtag Born, the, the, the word to talk. Okay, that's how that started. But I didn't have a clue how to use that in Instagram at all. 
and I'm this photographer that just loves to post these bird pictures and bug pictures and frog pictures today and all this other stuff. And a friend of mine, in a brainstorming way, said to me, Marsha, you need to start a new Instagram page and call it Born to Squawk. And I went, oh, my God. And that started that for me like four weeks ago. And what I found, and maybe this is precisely what you're saying, is I would go to Instagram, I would go to search, I would type, I would pull up the hashtag, and I would write birds, birds in photography. And I would see how many millions of people started doing that. I'm so scattered. I'm not a niche, really. It's not like I'm a food niche or a mom niche or something like that. So for me, it's kind of all over the book. What I'd like to know about hashtags is do you only use them when it comes to Instagram or do you recommend people use hashtags on Twitter and on Facebook? Is, it, is, there, a, is there places that's best for hashtags? Oh, I think as much as you can use them, I would use them for sure. Really? Is that mm-hmm. right? Well, I thank you for letting me know that. And for all of you out there that are in the hashtag world, there you have it. There's a tip that maybe you didn't have before that you do have now. And that's, that, is really, that is really great. And I think that people can benefit by that. And I really like, I, I, you used a word that I thought was really, I'm sure, very industry standard, but I loved it when you talked about brand voice. I like that, and the fact that you put this quote-unquote Bible together for a team so that everybody is on the same page. I can see the, the brilliance of that. Um, when, you, when you work with folks and you're helping them put their brand together, for whatever that might be, it could, it could be, I mean, give me an example of the, of, the, of the clients that you might have that work with you that would seek out um, your, your assistance. Yeah. um, So last summer I worked with Forbes because they wanted to expand on their audience. They felt like they wanted to have a younger millennial tone for their um, shopping arm that they were creating called Forbes Finds. Um, So I worked with them on creating like on on how to like speak to a younger uh, younger people, the millennials Mm -hmm. who are still working, but maybe not the um, target market that they're used to. So. That was one thing where we really like worked on the brand voice. Um, I worked with um, I don't uh, Google Guru is an amazing mom company, so I worked with her on creating her voice. And um, I I we haven't worked together in a while, but I did last year a ton of her blog posts, um, a ton of her emails. Um, so really everything varies on like size and how long people have been around. I worked with Adam Tickets last year. They are a movie ticketing company, so that was really fun uh, to be back in the entertainment world. Um, so, yeah, everything is very different. And, and I just out of curiosity, because you are so creative and so talented, do you, does rhyming just sort of fall into what you do in, in, your, in Forbes or Google Guru, or does it? Is that just more personal? That is more personal. But that was very okay. Disney of me. Like a lot of my mm-hmm. Disney work rhymed. Um, but no, I, I don't really usually take that to my other clients right now. 
You know, let me so let, let me ask you this. I always have a jukebox going on in my head. I have a lot of chatter up there, and then I've got this music that's going on too that could just turn off at times, but it doesn't. Um, do you always hear rhymes in your head too? I mean, is 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 that always percolating in your in your mind w- with rhymes and things, especially with your young children? That's a that's a great question. <laughs> uh, I have to be in a certain mood. Um, but when I am, yes. And when we're making up songs together, yes, like absolutely. And when I'm, you know, drafting a new book, yes, it's all in rhyme. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And how do how quickly do you capture it? What's your process? If you're just hearing it, do you just like whip out your phone, go to notes yeah. and just speak it? What do you do? Uh, I, um, my kids luckily have gotten used to it, but when I have that, the, the writing brain out, like I just grab my phone and I just start like typing in my notepad really quickly and I have to get out whatever thought is in my head and everyone knows when I'm in that zone, like do not talk to me. Um, and I, and it always just like comes out and they all recognize it really quickly and then it's, it's great. So yeah, they do respect that. Very much. <laughs> and do do you have do you find that that there are certain times of the day, or what what might be transpiring, that allows that to bubble up different? Like, does it bubble up at bedtime? Does it bubble up in the middle of the afternoon, yeah. or does it just depend? Um, I'd say ninety percent of the time is at night. It's usually is that night. because it's a little quieter? I think so. Yeah, I think because I have some yeah. personal space. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's it's interesting that you, that you say that because that really that really leads me to another question that I I'm curious about you. I I I like doing podcasting because it allows people to live anywhere you know, anywhere in the country. My my guest last week was in uh, New Jersey, and the week before she was in Northern California. So people are all over the place, and that's the beauty of a podcast. I really miss the studio work where I was literally in my in the studio right here in Westchester where the guests came to the studio. It was visual. It was audio. It was very expensive, but it's what I did, and I loved it. And I know that there are bot, there are podcasters that absolutely zoom and and do all of those things as well. And I just haven't explored those possibilities. But um, I I think that what you do is so fascinating. I, I I really I really do think that it is. But you have two small kids, a husband. Do you have a dog or a cat? I don't. Okay, so there's one less one less person <laughs> to care for. But how do you find the mail time? What do you, what do you do that allows you to be so productive and be so present to your business, to your husband and to your children? How do you manage that aspect of your life? Yeah, um I'm very into meditation. I started meditating like two years ago, and I fully, fully believe in it. Um, So I meditate every day. Um, I go for walks in the morning. Um, I try to get out by 6.30 and take like a half hour to 45-minute walk, and I usually listen to something inspiring during my walk. Mm -hmm. And then um, I've been doing yoga for years. It's been harder to fit that in during the day, but I definitely try to still do it on the weekends. 
Mm-hmm. And I tried to read at least. Um, I It doesn't sound like much, but committing to 15 minutes a night just kind of works for me right now. So um, I tried to read for 15 minutes. And then I try to journal. Um, that has not been happening that much. But um, I try to – because – my writing is always like best when I'm also getting stuff out to myself. So I mm-hmm. definitely practice that, but um yeah. That's that's when uh, that's really interesting about the journaling as well because I think that that sometimes we really can lose sight of something that seemed really important, but sometimes when it's really um concrete on paper even if it's just in a shorthanded version, it 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 draws us back to that and I can so relate to what you're saying about meditation. I, I I really hope that one of the things that schools will be considering when we do ultimately reopen, whenever that might be, on um, whatever that might look like, which is it's so sad, you know, to think that kids are going to, if they do go back to, to physically in public schools. I know that LA is talking about it. My that's where I live as well. But I think that teaching children some form of meditation in a way that is age-appropriate, meaning just, I didn't learn this. I've only, been, I've only been knowing about this, really, for a little over a year at my age, about the value of deep breathing, about the value of holding that breath in, dropping those shoulders, pausing for that moment, exhaling that breath, and recognizing what you're doing for your lungs. Even if all you've done is taken your two hands, clasp them behind your back, and open up what we know in in yoga is called your heart space, and breathe in. Children would know how. We could teach our children to do that. We really could teach our children to do that. Because if you sit on the anxious side of life, which I probably have, honestly, it probably wouldn't come as a surprise to people that know me or even listen to me now, that, you know, I'm I'm a pretty hyper person, but I've tried to really adjust that so that I can be productive, so that I can be present, so that I'm not just focusing on, oh, it's all about Marsha. But taking, like you said, that walk, that time to just be still. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) Where you and I are probably different is that if I am taking that walk and I do have my cell phone in my pocket and I probably have my actual camera camera with me as well, I'm looking around to see the butterflies and maybe that snail that's going across the sidewalk. But, boy, if I run into somebody that, I know, or somebody that I don't know, I am going to be involved in the conversation because that is what's missing for me as a person that was born to talk. And yesterday, prime example, walked outside and my neighbor was just walking her dog. I hadn't spoke with her in probably a year. And I said, may I join you? We were our our distance apart. She had her 12-year-old dog that was walking about as slow as we were, and it was just a wonderful time to get caught up. And I think that we all, who, however you do that, for the introvert, 
that is about the last thing in the world that they would want is to to begin a conversation with with somebody that they know and certainly not somebody that they don't know but i I like that i i personally um I personally like that, and I do think that that our children would really benefit by understanding a little bit about how to breathe and how to calm ourselves so that we so that they can deal with this uncertainty that they're dealing with and I, what have you been told about schools do you have you had any sense about whether you think that schools are really going to open on August the 18th and what that will look like I don't know but um actually the superintendent um had went live this morning I did not see it yet so maybe there mm-hmm. was some new news okay but now, other than that I haven't heard anything and you know it's it's not just tough for those those kids. I'm going to actually have a really close friend that is a TK uh, uh, teacher and an, also a fourth grade teacher from her school right here in this area, and they're going to join me on the 16th of July. I believe it's the 16th of July. Oh, no, it's the 27th of July, because they each have children, and they are teachers. And they are trying to manage Zoom and trying to help children be connected. And we know in L.A. we've been pretty fortunate in that our school district has done its very best to get computers out to the households that may not have them. And Mm -hmm. also, I've been told, they also cover the Internet expense of that. Is is that accurate or has has that changed? I believe it is. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but I've, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, you know, just navigating that is is not simple. It's not simple for the for the faculty. It's not simple for the families. And I know that everybody has to do it uh, in their in their own way. So, as as you're looking forward to this summer. Maybe you would have traveled. Would this have been a summer where you would have picked up and gone back east or taken a family outing somewhere, gone to a national park or something like that? Yes. So typically we do go back to see our families back in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So that was sad this year. That's, but um, That's disappointing, yeah. yes, I'm mm-hmm. sure. So does, do you stay in co- contact with your family in the same way? Do you Zoom with your family or do some form of social media so you can see each other and do a little Brady Bunch kind of situation? Yes. Yes, we have Sunday night chats um, with my family, and then we have Saturday mornings with my husband's family, and then Aww. throughout the week, as much as we can connect, we do. That's so great. And, you know, for for seniors that may not even understand the technology of Zoom, I, I so recommend that you talk with your younger family members and and have them walk you through that process. It's free. I mean, obviously you have to have a device. If you're without a computer, you're without any form of a tablet, you don't have a cell phone, you know, then then that won't happen. And then you will do what you and I are doing, which also is very important. I Sometimes you just need to pick up the phone. You, you you just need to be able to say, how are you? How are you doing today? Even if I can't see you, I want to know how you are. And don't be insincere about that. If you really don't care, don't pick up the call. Don't call. 
But, you know, I think that we need to come together as families, as as citizens of this country, and and reach out. There's, see, that's a song. Reach out and touch someone. I I I hear music when I hear words. You hear rhymes, and 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 I think it's it's so important. So as we approach this this coming year, what's up next for you? What what do you see on your horizon for for yourself and your business? Yeah, so I have a large um, project coming up with Microsoft, actually, which I'm super excited about. Yeah, and then I finished two children's books, which are um, currently being pitched. So that's those those three things, I'd say. Wow, are your children's books going to be um, hard copy, a physical book book? Ideally, yes. Okay. Well, you know, the good thing about social media is that once those are out and about, since you and I are now connected at the at the hip, you know, I will certainly be um more than happy to keep people informed that that follow me and um let them know that that's coming because I really do think that that what you offer to families is so great and and I know I keep suggesting people go back to to your website and I as I'm scrolling through your website and I'm looking at all of what I thought was ads and I'm thinking well how did all these ads get here well excuse me that's because those are all your those that <laughs> that's your that's your beauty I mean it's it's just fantastic what you what you've done between Dooney Brooks and Disney and uh, it's just I I love your your web page I really do and you know what I want to do because I know <clears throat> we have just a couple minutes left I want to get over to your book one more time because I haven't read it all the way to the end and there's how many pages did you say there's like 18 pages yeah yeah I think so and so I want to get to the end because I just, I just love these pictures. And I want to see how you ended it. And um, I'll start to ask my questions about COVID-19 and find out more about this quarantine, whatever that really means. And oh, oh, no, not and oh. Oh, and why are we eating a ton of canned beans? It's just the best. It is just the it's it's so clever. I I can hardly wait to hear what your next what your next book is going to be about, and I can't even imagine how you manage your time. I I know that your kids are home with you. Um, you have a three-year-old. He hasn't even interrupted. What interrupted the show was, was me dropping my phone, for gosh sakes. That was really clever. But, you know, congratulations on everything you've done, for the great work you've done, that your children are doing well. I'm glad your son's splinter is out. And, um, you know, and that life and that life goes on. And this has just, just been absolutely delightful having you join me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on. This was amazing. Well, it's been a it's been a lot of fun and I'm going to just bid you farewell to enjoy the rest of your afternoon. I'm sure you are booked with tons of things to do because I have a feeling 
you are extremely productive. So thank you so, so much, Mel. I look forward to following you on your adventures, all right? Thank you so much. You're welcome. Really appreciate it. Okay, everybody. It was fun. Okay, everybody. Have a great, safe 4th of July, whatever you do. And here we go. Bye for now.